Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Debari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and of course, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. Um, well, it is upon us. The NFL season, preseason is done. Regular season kicks off, what, the 8th, if I'm not mistaken? Oh, a week from Thursday. A week from Thursday. Which is, Next I think Thursday. it's the 8th. So you get the holiday. Either, either way, yeah. it is our redraft primer season so kind of time of year where we go away from dynasty that's all said and done in the off season and it's time to get ready for this season so walk you had a little idea to jump into the 2022 nfl football fantasy fantastic wonderful season so uh give a little explanation and we'll jump into it dun 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 right 2022 NFL fantasy football season. Yeah, we're going to be, by the time this releases, uh, I think we're going for Friday the 2nd on this. We'll be uh, less than a week before real football. So a lot of people do their redrafts on uh, Labor Day weekend, you know, so we wanted to get something out in advance. We've been rocking through the divisions, giving you tons of nuggets about guys we like and do not like. But why not just really drill it down and hit home on what we've affectionately dubbed the breakout bust value and vomit players of 2022. Uh, John and I are both anti sleeper players, not the platform platforms decent. There's just no sleepers anymore. No one's being slept on this world of information. Everyone knows about everyone. So we're just talking about values where their ADPs are. So we're using fantasy pros, uh, PPR ADP right now to identify players that we believe are going to break out guys that are never been a top 12. They're going to hit top 12 this year, bust perennial top 12 guys that will not finish as top 12 at their position sleepers. Anyone that's currently outside the top 24 in PPR ADP at their position. And then vomit is just straight up guys whose ADP makes us want to throw up in our mouth a little bit. So you did a lot more homework on the, even though it was my ideas, my more, you, you're the homework guy. You're the one that's <laughs> sit around, just create these beautiful lists that I had to uh, relegate myself to today, but we'll go right from the top, right? We're just, we're, we're going to go breakout busts, uh, value and vomit. We're finishing all vomit. Yeah, that's what we do. We oh. just, we just go out with that trashing. It's the, it's the way that I, we, I operate. knew where so, we were going to end. Not sure where certainly. we were going to snap. Certainly. So let's just start off with the breakouts. You know, the guys that, that we think are going to tear up. Things that guys that we believe truly have top 12 at their position upside at the end of this fantasy football season. Cool. Where do you want to start? What position? Let's just w- walk down. We're going to go quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end across the board. Yeah. Quarterback to me, there weren't a lot of guys that stuck out, um, especially for guys never been a top 12 quarterback. A lot of players do sneak in there. The only guy that seems to be calling for this is Tua. Goddamn right it is. There's not a ton to (laughs) add. I, I, you know, we we talked about this when we did Miami and then touched on it with the Bears and with Philly. They surrounded him with weapons. I mean, if he if he can't squeak into that top 12 this year with this coaching staff with the supporting cast they gave him, it's never going to happen. So it's now or never. Tua needs to be a breakout for fantasy and real life to uh, 
Tua. <laughs> Listen, Tua, and, Tua and a career. Keep Tua, keep his job. And I'm right there with you. You know me. Huge Tua Time supporter. I think this Boy, year are he's, he's, he's going to absolutely explode. He's been getting short-sticked, you know, since uh, since he was drafted. And they finally put weapons around and they upgraded the offensive line. It's going to be Tua Time this season. Unfortunately, he doesn't really run. I mean, so it just relegates some of that really – league winning upside. I thought you might have, and I know these aren't your favorite guys. I thought maybe a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields might have might have percolated for you. I don't think Fields has a supporting cast to get it done, even though he has the legs. Trey Lance, I still haven't really seen the complete package from him yet. I think he can get there with average passing and his rushing ability. I, I do. But Tua was the one that stuck out to me, quarterback 16 at the time. I also want to get honorable mention to Jameis Winston. I don't know if his 30-30 season actually got him into the top 12 at the position at the time, but I love the cast that he has around him as far as yeah. you know, pass catchers and playmakers are concerned. So I think Jameis at quarterback 23 is another one that, that kind of stuck out to me as, as a guy that if he finishes QB 12, I, zero shock. On my face, but I think two is a guy, the weapons he has that uh, is going to tear up and, and give us one of those kind of Kirk cousins seasons where he's only going to be in like that 10 to 12 range. He's not jumping up into like the top six, in my opinion. There's, there's yeah. a clear tier that he just can't ascend to. But I think he could give you a low-end quarterback one finish, and I don't have to squint to see it. So I'm with you on Tua. So we'll save a little bit of time on, on that uh, quarterback breakout. Let's hear that running back that you have, Johnny. I, I wrote a couple names down, but I, I see some of these guys' names may appear a little bit later. So I'm going to go with J.K. Dobbins. I mean, it just people thought last year was going to be the year. Gets hurt early. He's on the road to recovery now. Looks like he's going to be the starter for week one, even if they do kind of ease him into it. The Looking at the Ravens' offseason moves, they want to be the team they were a couple years ago, which – ran the ball a ton, had a lot of three tight end sets. I, I think Dobbins, to me, he's I, – I liked him in that draft class. I said for years, five years in the future, it's not going to be shocking if he's the best running back in this class. You sprinkle the injury on kind of out of sight, out of mind. To me, I could see him being a league winner for a lot of people. I I, I know Lamar might be stealing a lot of touchdowns maybe when they get close to the goal line because he's – negotiating for his own contract and wants to look good. But at the end of the day, if the play, if it's a run play call to Dobbins, it's going to be Dobbins. So I, I think he's in for a, a huge workload. Gus Edwards isn't going to be ready for a while. I, I, I love him. And I love the situation. I could see him emerging as a running back one for the next couple of years. Yeah. I'm a huge JK Dobbins fan running back 24 in fantasy pros ADP right now. So, Barely a running back two in their rankings. He still looks a little, he's carrying himself a little gingerly uh, on that knee. I just, I'm not liking the practice videos that I'm seeing, but Gus Edwards not being there. Mike Davis not being a threat to to anyone. I mean, there's, there's little else uh, that they can really hand the ball to. And I do agree that they want to be a run-based offense again. Love J.K. Dobbins like to pick. Yeah, there was a number of guys that, that I could have shouted out here, but I'm just going to continue to stay on brand. Travis Etienne, running back 18 right now. You hate him. I love him. I just think him plus Trevor Lawrence, even if James Robinson is able to really come back from that late season Achilles and steal any type of the workload, it's clear that they're they're 
focusing a large portion of this offense around Travis Etienne, Travis Etienne and his pass catching ability. He could get there on PPR volume alone. Doesn't even need to be a 200 carry guy. He could be a 70 catch guy. And I think he will be in this offense because there's no alpha. There's a ton of betas in that wide receiver room. It's clear that Marvin Jones is still Trevor Lawrence's favorite receiver. And that dude's like 33 years old, and he's still probably going to lead him in receptions this year. Christian Kirk's a good ancillary piece. Then they get Zay Jones, who, whatever. I'm still LaVisca Chenault should probably start three wides over all three of them, largely, because he just brings more dynamic element. But what do I know? I, I only talk about fantasy football on a podcast called Fantasy 40, so not going to not going to rant over Visca anymore, but I do see a path that Travis Etienne can be an easy RB1 in this PPR world that we live in. You are on brand. Yep, staying here. All right, so I'm going to stay on brand. I'm going to stay here on wide receiver, and I'm going to go first. Gabe Davis. Boom. Wow. Running wide receiver 26, so outside <clears throat> of that 24, I think there's a world. For my boy, met him in an airport once. Didn't even say hi to him because I respect football players unlike other people. Just was like, my man, just yoke it up. Just fly it in from wherever he was traded to get ready for camp. Where he's from, Miami, whatever he's doing. I forget where I was. Orlando. Neither here nor there. Gabe Davis dialed in. Finally going to be the wide receiver, too, in that offense. I still think Stephon Diggs is the alpha and can command a ton of respect in coverage. That's going to leave Gabe Davis off in single coverage, and he's just going to eat. All season long in that high-powered Bills offense, we've seen countless seasons where two wide receivers were able to finish as top 12 at the wide receiver position, and I could see a world where this year it's the Buffalo Bills with Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. I'm a believer. I'm fully bought in. Third-year breakout, Gabe Davis. No one else there to eat any shit off his plate. Don't give me any Jamison Crowder. Don't give me any Isaiah McKenzie. Both slot guys, gadgety underneath. Gabe Davis is the vertical threat in this offense. He's going to have some big weeks this year. And I'm going Gabe Davis threat to be a wide receiver one this year. I've, I've cooled on him in this off season. I kind of rode. Yeah, I'm getting hotter. I'm getting hotter, John. Yeah, <laughs> this, you know me. But that fire, sorry, I start fanning that fire, buddy. When it starts going out, no, 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 <laughs> no. It's going to be a long night with me. I'm keeping that fire going. So my breakout for wide receiver, I had another guy who's going to get mentioned later. So I'm going to skip him, Cortland Sutton. I mean, potential through the roof, hasn't even played wide receiver that long. Good deep ball guy, Russell Wilson, best deep ball passer in football. He's going to be that number one. Sutton's going to end up being what everybody wants DK Metcalf to be. I I think he's going to have a a locked-in wide receiver one year. I'm trying to grab him everywhere and redraft. He's one of my favorite uh, targets in, in these drafts I've done recently. I loves him. I think he has a, a monster year this year. I'm all in on Cortland Sutton emerging as a wide receiver one. Yeah, listen, I'm I'm not going to argue against Cortland Sutton at all. He, he kind of think he broke out already. It will stop me. Is he had that thousand and six season at at one point? I don't think it quite got him into a top twelve. No. But you know, so you you meet the criteria of the game that we're playing here. But when I saw him, that was the first thing that kind of. Gave me a second to, to step back, but I agree. When looking at some of those other names that are around him, I'm like, man, like, people need to get with the times uh, on Cortland Sutton because he's he's down in that Gabe Davis range, and he's going to have a monster season uh, for those Denver Broncos. I'm right there with you. There's 
There's no argument against Cortland Sutton. We are Cortland Sutton over Jerry Judy on the Fantasy 40 podcast, and uh, we're correct. Or the Broncos. <laughs> so, yeah, no, as well, they should be. I mean, more Tim Patrick was more of a concern the, than anyone else. So right there with you on Sutton. So going down to the tight end, and I'm going to go with an ex-Denver Bronco. So look at that smooth transition. I'm going with mm. Noah Fant. Tight end 18. Seattle's going to be terrible. Like one of the worst Boy, teams are in they? the entire NFL terrible. <laughs> Geno Smith winning it because Drew Locke is incapable of winning anything is all you need to know about the Seattle situation. You mentioned DK Metcalf. I feel terrible for him this year because he'll have a couple blow up games, but he's going to have some absolute duds too this year. I mean, he's going to be like such the better and best ball guy. Like he'll just break you know 170 what, yards to the house. But doesn't up? he seem like one of those guys where the shitty quarterback knows he's the most talented guy and he ends up just firing obscene amounts of footballs at him. G- yes. he, he had good games with Gino. I, I, I don't know if he necessarily takes a ding. I think everyone else does. All, all that can be true, and it can still be bad for DK Metcalf. So, yes, yeah. he, he had to me. I mean, the one week with Gino, he caught like a 70-yard touchdown on like the first drive, yeah. and I think he finished with like 80 or 90 yards on the week. Like So, it's still, that was DK driven. That wasn't Gino Smith pumping targets his way. That was a large, insanely fast human being catching a ball and running past other grown men for, for a touchdown, which I'm not going to bank on that every week. I think Tyler Lockett is is DOA in this John, offense. But I think John, in the middle of the field, you're going to see Noah Fink getting an obscene amount of targets across the middle of the field. I'm, I'm a firm believer that he has, he has top five tight end talent, and I think he's going to run into the volume this year. Because of everything that you just said for DK Metcalf, I just think it's good. a lot of it's going Noah Fant's way, and he is equally as large and fast for his size. And I just think he finally puts it together. So I'm going to go with my boy Noah Fant. There's a couple guys lingering down in that range, but I think he truly has breakout potential. I went with someone who I don't even like, but looking at the other names there, a lot of them have broken out. Not a lot of you know under the radar potential there. Irv Smith. I mean, last year uh, on the Vikings, they made Tyler Conklin fantasy relevant. No reason Irv Smith can't do what Tyler Conklin did a year ago. So Irv Smith, just by default, I didn't really like anybody else here. Isn't Irv Smith already hurt? He got hurt again. He had surgery. Okay. (laughs) Sounds pretty important for pass catchers, buddy. (laughs) He's be ready, though. Yeah, well, he's, he's always supposed to be ready. He hasn't done it yet. I'm, I'm skeptical. Well, Granted, it's a breakout, right? <laughs> the deck, the deck is cleared for Swerve and Irvin Smith, but yeah, you know, give me some of those guys under him. Give me Alberto. Give me give me uh, Njoku. Give me my boy Noah. Njoku's been a top twelve. I I knew he was close, which is what kind of threw me off saying because that dude is going to do some Chief Correct. David spikes big time this year. So, all right, no real no real disagreement there, other than you hate Travis Etienne, but you just kind of let that one go. You really didn't try and. Make me pay too much for that break. So, yeah, you, you set it up, and it hasn't take, it hasn't moved me anywhere. So at this point, you're probably just like, yeah, we're moving on. We'll, we'll, we'll try to save him on something else. All right, bus jumping right in the pool. Aaron Rodgers, QB ten. No, thank you. I mean, it's he has no fucking weapons anymore. Like Romeo Dubs is currently the best pass catcher. I mean, that, that's a thing. Yeah. That we're dealing with right now. And he is staggeringly inconsistent, Romeo Dubs. And he's a rookie. So 
good luck with that. Christian Watson hasn't practiced this entire preseason. He ain't happening this year. So now we're talking about Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, ACL recovery, Bobby Tunyon, some dude named Josiah Degora, and their running backs. Okay, no thank you. This was the last couple of years has just been I'm throwing three-yard touchdowns to Devontae Adams, and that's just propping up all of my value because I'm getting an, 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 an obscene amount of passing touchdowns that would be rushing touchdowns on nine out of ten other teams in the NFL. I just uh, There's no world where he's able to finish. He doesn't run anymore. There's no world where he finishes in the, as, a, as a top 12 quarterback again. I just don't see it. And still being ranked as 10 is just, you know, giving him just vet, you know, it's veteran deference in a fantasy football world right now. I just, uh, I'm, I'm off of it. Russell Wilson's after him. Give me Russell Wilson. Matthew Stafford's after him. Give me Matt Stafford. Derek Carr's after him. Give me Derek Carr. Kirk Cousins is after him. Ooh, give me, Derek, give me Kirk Cousins. Derek All those guys are pretty much non, well, Russell Wilson's still mobile enough, but pocket passer quarterbacks. I'm taking every single one of them over Aaron Rodgers this year. He was on my short list. You mentioned Stafford. So was he. But I'm going to go with the guy just ahead of him, Mr. Tom Brady. Hmm. Look, he, he, he retired. Play <laughs> he, <Yes>. play <laughs> he retired, came out of retirement. Then he just vanished for 11 days. It, it, I saw a quote yesterday. He said, I'm, I'm 45. There's, there's shit to do. <laughs> shit I have to get done. Yes, yeah. 100%. It was which, a fact. Which I quote. agree, but it's just funny to hear. And yeah. then uh, th- the main reason, though, his offensive line is already decimated. Lost both guards. Lost I'm, his center. His offensive, huh? line is, his offensive line is offensive. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and if I'm not mistaken, over his career, he's been susceptible to pressure up the middle. And that's where they're fucked. So, I... I, I he was great last year. I love Tom Brady. I just don't don't like him at that nine spot, especially what happened with that offensive line. Yeah, yeah, hard to argue. I mean, both touchdown dependent quarterbacks. I mean, Brady's going to throw for more yards, has better talent in the wide receiver room, but not bringing shit with their legs. So they had a, they have to hit the forty touchdown passing club, I think, to really yield a, a top ten finish again. And both are capable. I just. Don't know how likely either one of them are. And, you know, Tom Brady is shit. He needs to get done. So right there, right there with you with, with TB12. So moving on to the running back position, I just took low-hanging fruit. Been been taking swipes at this guy for over a year, probably the better part of his career now. So why why stop now? Ezekiel Elliott, running back 16. Uh, I mean, he's finally tiered down out of the top 12. 16, I just don't think is is low enough for him. I wow, I'm a Tony Pollard believer. I think the carries are piling up. Sure, he got hurt last year. Well, that's what happens when the carries pile up, and now he's in the best shape of his life again because he's he's rehabbing. But I think Tony Pollard eats more. I think this offense isn't as good. Their offensive line is being decimated. You just talked about Tampa Bay's. Well, uh, Dallas just lost Tyrone Smith again to like a torn hamstring who's going to miss most of the year. And they've already started losing pieces. They lost Connor Williams in the offseason. Their offensive line is is leaking at this point. They don't have the pass catchers anymore to really keep defenses honest outside of CeeDee Lamb. You know, and it, it's I think Dallas is going to be in a bad way this year. And to expect Zeke to get those, you know, 10 to 12 rushing touchdowns that he's historically gotten and his 300 carry volume, I'm just not buying that. There's going to be more Tony Pollard in the pass game. They might be on the field at the same time, but I think there's going to be less rushing opportunity for Zeke. So I'd rather be the year early than a year too late. Well, I think last year was the year early on Zeke, 
I think we're, we're creeping on the year too late with him at this point in time. This is a swan song for Zeke. And unless he falls in the end zone a dozen times as a rusher, he's not going to post a top 16 finish. Wow. That's, I'm taken aback. Uh, I'm going with somebody who, who we like. to the bank. But his whole uh, situation stinks. Nick Chubb at number 10. I mean, Hunt wanted onto there. They said, no, 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 you're too important. You're staying here. And and Hunt has a role even when Chubb is healthy. Chubb has missed a couple games. But this offense now with Brissett as the quarterback, who are you stopping if you're (laughs) defensive coordinators? You're stopping Nick Chubb. So I, I just think it lines up terribly for him i still love the player i do not like him this year or the team this year so to me chubb i there's no way he finishes top 10 he terrifies me too and we both love nick chubb i think they're going to be as committed to the run as any team in the nfl can be committed to the run it's going to be a matter is can that defense keep them in game scripts where they can just be committed to the run all day long because Nick Chubb's the guy of anyone in this league, him and Derrick Henry, that out of nowhere, it's five-yard gain, six-yard gain, eight-yard gain, 50-yard touchdown. I mean, like, he's he's that dude um, in as much as Derrick Henry is. So I'm still maintaining a sliver of hope that he's going to see enough volume. But you're right. They, they didn't want to let Hunt go, even though I've heard rumors that Hunt to Philly could be a thing. Maybe they just didn't want to release them. They're definitely not going to extend them. Um, and then there's the Ernest Johnson, and then they did get Jerome Ford behind them. They're still going to use other running backs, but Chubb's never going to be a 40-catch guy, and that's the problem with him in a PPR world is that he's built for standard football. So right there with you. And you were frozen that entire time. That's why I kept talking about Nick Chubb. Oh, you were frozen, huh? yeah. So, as were you. So. Oh, well, who knows if that even recorded. But awesome. Uh, we'll find that out on the back end. All right, I'm going to go to wide receiver, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hurt your heart a bit here, Johnny. And and I wanted to apologize in advance because Deontay Johnson, wide receiver, 14. Um, no fucking way. Just sorry, sorry, not sorry. Um, I think he's a talented player, but I'm still going to make this statement. He was a byproduct of Ben Roethlisberger not being able to throw the ball more than 10 yards in the air for the last two years. He gets open quick, and he got a shit ton of volume because he was fighting against the likes of like Chase Claypool, knucklehead-ass Chase Claypool, and lesser talent for the last years. George Pickens is a true threat to volume in that offense. Chase Claypool is still going to see opportunity in that offense. Najee Harris is going to get dump-offs in that offense. I just don't think Deontay Johnson is going to get the volume that he's gotten in years past to thrive in a Mitch Trubisky slash Kenny Pickett-led offense. I, I don't. I mean, so to say he's a borderline wide receiver one, I'm, I'm just not there with him. I think he can easily finish outside the top 20 at his position. I mean, he's got the names like DJ Moore, Jalen Waddle behind him. You said DK Metcalf could still explode. I'm a Mike Williams guy who's behind him. Cortland Sutton, all of those guys I think present with much higher upside than Deontay Johnson does this year. So him being a fringy wide receiver one, I, I'm just not saying it. I think he's more like a fringy wide receiver too. Came came for one of my guys. I'm coming for one of yours then. Nice. Made my decision easy. Boom. Eight new Philadelphia Eagle, Mr. A.J. Brown. Three three years in the NFL. Finished uh, 21st, 12th, and 32nd, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, off the top of my head because I just wrote something. <laughs> Is Dynasty ADP, he's been wide receiver eight, four, and five, I also think, the last three years. So he has 
been a letdown in terms of ADP. People are just we, we've seen the talent, we've seen the splash plays. People like him, but he has his ADP is far higher than anything he's put on the field. And he's, you know, for for fantasy, not so, but for real-life football, he's downgraded at quarterback. I mean, Tannehill's been statistically better than Hurts as a passer comparing those three years they were together with the one year with uh, Hurts has been a starter. So I don't see how he gets up to that number 11. I think he's a, a very capable wide receiver too for fantasy, but that 11 is just too rich for my blood. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, there's a kind of a gray area when you hit them. To me, it's right when you get to the wide receiver nine in the fantasy pros PPR ADP. Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, Deontay Johnson. That whole area, I could poke holes in every single one. Bump it to eight. I don't like C.D. Lamb either. Yeah, I love C.D. Lamb. I was just talking about how bad Dallas is. They have, listen, James Washington is hurt. Jalen Tolbert really hasn't picked it up. Michael Gallup's not going to play week one. C.D. Lamb's seen a dozen targets in week one. I mean, and it's not going to stop. Anytime soon. There's nothing else in that offense unless you think Dalton Schultz is like a 30% target share guy or that Tony Potter's truly going to play slot wide receiver for them. I mean, CeeDee Lamb's going to run into 150 targets this year is why I'm okay. I'm actually higher. I think CeeDee Lamb's too low at eight, personally. Wow. Mike Evans, 29. They add Julio Jones. They have Russell Gage. Chris Godwin's not pupped. I mean, there's it's just not like he's the only guy there. Keenan Allen has a Mike Williams problem, in my opinion. You already mentioned A.J. Brown, which I agree. I just don't – still still not there on Jalen Hurts yet. T. Higgins is the secondary option. I mean, he's just as talented, but, I mean, it's Jamar Chase than it's T. Higgins. I mean, and do we think that they're going to put up two top 12 wide receivers? Could, but I don't think it's a sure thing. It's just a rank him at 12. Michael Pittman – I think Matt Ryan's going to focus on him, but still, it's going to be a run first offense. And I already mentioned Deontay Johnson. It's a, they could be all over the board, and I, I wouldn't be able to complain against any of them. But I just don't think AJ Brown's going to get the the volume. So you're going to need to require the splash plays for him to to really return on that low end, even wide receiver one. I, I'm with you. Might shock you a little bit here, but I'm I'm good with this. Um, so I'm just going to say it at the tight end position. Darren Waller. He's tight end five mm-hmm. right now. He's hurt. He's got a Devontae Adams problem. He's got a Hunter Henry problem. He's got a Josh McDaniels problem. I mean, it's just not that Josh McDaniels isn't good for tight ends, but who just knows what the offense is going to look like? I mean, he was the wide receiver one the last several years for the Raiders. That's why he produced the volume he did. Everyone's going to lean into this. Well, now he's going to get better coverage because of Devontae Adams. I don't give a shit. Derek Carr's throwing it to Devontae Adams. The coverage will not dictate <laughs> where this ball is going, unfortunately. And I just don't think that he's going to get the volume that he has in years past. So he's going to need to produce on the touchdowns. And he can, but if we're in the red zone, I just why are you not throwing it to Devontae Adams? I mean, that's it, the reason they brought him there. It's not to, to decoy him and throw a dozen touchdowns to Darren Waller. I just don't know that he really is going to yield that top five tight end finish again. There's guys after him that I think are, are ready to happen. I think a healthy DJ Hawkins, TJ Hawkinson season could easily outproduce Waller. Dallas Goddard, even after what you just said about AJ Brown, I think it's finally Dallas Goddard's time because he has competent wide receivers where he's not the focus of opposing defenses. I mean, even the, even a Zach Ertz in Arizona, we're talking PPR here. I think there's a world where Zach Ertz can outproduce Darren Waller. So while I still like Waller in Dynasty and think he deserves to be a, probably a top five Dynasty wide receiver, I just don't know that that just translates into him being a top five redraft 
tight end. And I know I said wide receiver, tight end. So consider me skeptical on Darren Waller. I'm going to go very tail end of the tight end ones. Mike Gusecki. There have been rumors all year about them trying to trade him, ready to move on. So there's something there where they don't like him. And now they now he's a distant third at best in the pecking order in the, in the receiving game. They said they've been using him a ton in line as a blocker. So terrible I don't see a – huh? And he's terrible at it. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, so I don't see a world shit. where he – gets any of the the volume in that passing game or in the end zone enough to to crack that tight end one territory so for me it was Gasecki quite easily actually among the guys that are one through 12 oh yeah listen Gasecki got reserved for another section in uh this episode for me so yeah I'll, I'll i'll save it for that point in time but suffice to say no argument from me here so yeah i'll break out some busts guys right so now we're going to go to value guys outside the top 24 in adp at their position that we think are severely undervalued so you should be targeting these guys in your redrafts obviously in the quarterback position this really only applies in the super flex world right so we're going to assume super flex here so who was your quarterback a couple names stuck out, but I went with Goff in Detroit. I, I think if they play well, he's going to have to be a big part of that. Outside the top 24, not a ton of guys lingering down there. A lot, lot of warts for guys like Davis Mills and Carson Wentz and Kenny Pickett. Goff is the only one in this group who's locked in as a starter from week one to week 17. Uh you can't take either either of the guys in New York. They both suck. So, yeah, for me, it was golfing pretty easily, I must say. Okay. Well, you your, your one critical error was speaking ill of Davis Mills and not saying he's locked in on the season, right? Quarterback 29, Davis Mills, is the Fair. correct answer here. He is what you are going to want Jared Goff to be. <laughs> he is actually a pocket passer that can push the ball downfield, unlike Jared Goff, who will have the weapons to do so, but lacks the ability. So, Davis Mills with – uh, an underrated wide receiver core in hopefully, you know, a ascending Houston Texans offense. I mean, it can't get much darker than it has the last year plus in Houston. I was pleasantly surprised with Davis Mills. I don't think, still don't think he's our long-term answer there. I just think he's a placeholder. Unfortunately, they're going to get their quarterback back to the future in the next couple of years, but I think he's competent enough to produce better than wider, better than quarterback 29 finish. I think he will produce a higher fantasy finish than Jared Goff does. All right, moving off of him onto the running back position. I have two names, and they're they're both kind of my guys, but one's really a my guy, so why not just have this conversation right now? Khalil Herbert, running back 49 right now. Wow. And I just think you're stealing him at running back 49. He is a better running back than David Montgomery. Just flat out, someone had to say it. I'm here to say it. Just said it. Now it's going to live forever to perpetuity. He produced better than Montgomery when given the opportunity when Montgomery was injured last year. He profiles well in this offense. I, you know, I don't, I'm, and I'm not even leaning into like the Dave Montgomery's returning kicks and that type of shit. I don't care. I, like just apples to apples, put them in the backfield together. To me, Cleo Herbert's a better running back than David Montgomery is. So at, and it, I think he's even lower than this. What is this? Uh, I know my apologies. There must've been an update here. Now he's running back 52. So he's falling 
somehow to uh, even better value. I think Herbert is a running back that you're going to get as your, I guess you're running back five right now at 52 at the position that could be easily a flex running back for you by midseason. All right. I took, I had two also. AJ Dillon right at 25. Ah, we we talked about go the other one. We talked about how <laughs> shitty that offense was, right? I mean, that, that offense stinks. There's not a lot of weapons. Aaron Jones is going to be used a ton as a receiver, I think, meaning Dylan's going to get a ton of work as the running back. And he didn't look terrible as a pass catcher a year ago. So that guy, I think, has got definite potential to squeak into that uh, top 12. And Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Not. Not amazing, not a world beater, but not nearly as terrible as everyone thinks. I mean, that guy's been a steady running back, too. The only reason people are mad is because they took him first overall ahead of Jonathan Taylor. If he went if he went a little later in the first round that year, everyone would be thrilled to have him on the roster. It's just buyer's remorse for everyone that has him. So I think Edwards Hilaire, if things start clicking, as much as I do like uh, Pacheco, I, I think Edwards Hilaire can emerge as the guy they were hoping he would be okay and the, the parameters probably should have been a little stricter than pick the two guys right after the top 24 and talk about them okay because it's it's what you just did there and qualifies right i expect better out of you i'm we're we gotta dig a little deeper here john i mean i got shit. i got two deep ones if you want to talk injury Pollard and Madison, who I think are no, running no, back ones. No. If- I don't want to talk injury. I just say Cleo Herbert. I don't give a shit. What happens to David Montgomery deserves to be drafted higher. And he's at running back 52 right now. If you wanted to go higher, John, Chase Edmonds at running back 34, Ramondre Stevenson at running back 35. Are just those are the answers. Those are guys you're getting as threes and fours. Wait, you're right. Yeah, you're gonna shit on Chase one Edmonds of them elsewhere. Okay. Those are the guys, right? I just decided to go lower because Chase Edmonds could have a top 12 fantasy football season this year assuming health you're talking about guys getting injured other guys happening if chase Edmonds is say healthy i'm not worried about raheem mostert or sony michelle or either of those other two bums that were just dragging down this offense with a shitty line last year and miles gaskin or salvan Ahmed. chase Edmonds is the truth especially in a ppr world and reminder steven said i hated that guy coming out i've done a total oh, 180 i hated him he just he looked fat and slow and i don't know what happened that he's not fat or slow anymore he's like Quick, decisive, and catches the ball well. I admit when I'm wrong. So I have no Ramondre Stevenson in Dynasty. I'm going to try to get a little bit of a memory track. Damian yeah. Pierce isn't rocketing up boards yet either, which is crazy because yeah, he should I mean, be. Eh, yeah, I mean, running back 38 and redraft, I think that's appropriate replace. I don't think the offense is going to be that good. I don't think he's going to be a bell guy. They're still going to use Rex Burkhead. They're going to keep Marlon Mack on the roster. I, I think it's going to be uglier than anyone wants it, any of these Damian Pierce owners want it to be this year, personally. And then who knows? He doesn't have the capital. Things could change a year from Ready now. Ready for my crazy prediction? I don't like the player, but no, oh, shit. God. Matt Forte, part two. Oh, goodness. That's, that's wrong in so many ways. But okay. <laughs> you said it now. I mean, we're putting words out into the space. And you can't take it back after you said them. Okay. I, I thoroughly disagree with that. But okay. <clears throat> I, I'm confused now. Where are we? What are we talking about? Wide receiver. I'll, I'll go in. I said Matt Forte talking about a guy on the Bears. Uh, value wide receiver. Player outside the top 24. Can be a top 12. Darnell Mooney, who I am getting everywhere. I am pretty sure he is on every single one of my 
redraft teams so far, whether it be auction or regular draft. Just things are lined up so incredible for him. I, I don't see how he can't flirt with top 15 or more. He's going to get a shit ton of volume on a team that sucks, that's going to pass a ton. If he is even just slightly above average in talent, he should be just fine this year. Okay, let's uh, do this. You, again, are following the rules of these games that we're playing, and I'm not, because for value, I just stopped at outside of the top 24, but I'm the person who wrote that can be top 12. So explains exactly why you picked two guys that were 25 and 26 and a running back to get up there, because there's no way that Khalil Herbert's going to finish top 12, which also explains your reaction to my statement of Khalil Herbert. So we're just going to qualify things a little bit here. I just think Khalil Herbert's a ton of value. I don't think even if Dave Montgomery gets hurt, that there's a world <laughs> where Khalil Herbert can finish as a top 12 running back. So let me go back up to, I'll use Chase Edmonds as my guy then, because I do think he's a guy, even though down at third four, he can be top 12 at his position. So still a ton of value. I'm also going to have to pivot off of wide receiver value as well, because my answer was Nico Collins, who's currently wide receiver 72, which I think is crazy value because I'm kind of buying into this Texans passing offense a little bit. Davis Mills with Nico Collins. I think Brandon Cooks is just always value <laughs> year after year with him. But again, there's no way that, that Nico Collins can finish as a uh, top 12. I just think tremendously undervalued. So let me just go with a quick pivot here. The answer again could be Gabe Davis because I think I said it earlier, right? <laughs> Breakout. So we'll just use Gabe Davis as, as my guy. I also think there's a world where Elijah Moore, currently wide receiver 32, puts up a top 12 season. Full Elijah Moore. I'm not Garrett Wilson. I'm definitely not Corey Davis. I'm not either of those wide receiver, either of those tight ends. And their running backs are just going to, you know, cannibalize each other. I'm a huge Elijah Moore guy. I just want to get his name out there. I think he could be one, but my official answer is Gabe Davis. Moving from them onto the tight end position, which again is going to be another pivot because I went super deep. I had the names Austin Hooper, tight end 31, and Revan Jordan, tight end 32. Full lean into the Texans as my value. Neither of those guys can finish as tight end. Oh, ones. Hooper can. Hooper I, can. I don't, I, okay. at all. I, don't, I don't believe he is. But the guy, especially now with Tim Patrick news, so there's one less mouth to feed in the offense, Albert Okwebunam. I believe that's correct. I actually attempted to really pronounce pretty that good. correctly. Sounds good. I was pretty impressed with myself. Tight end 18 right now. He's not getting the, the biggest amount of buzz in camp. There's just way too much. Greg Dolchich, a rookie tight end, is not going to come in and do anything of significance, especially in the Russell Wilson Super Bowl win-now window offense. Sorry. You can miss me with all the Greg Dolchich <laughs> issues and, and take it away from Albert O. He, they're going to use him as a mismatch. He's probably going to play even more without uh, Tim Patrick in the offense. Split him out wide and use him as a kind of like a big slot tight end type. Tight end 18, way too low for him. I think the breakout could be coming for another one of these Iowa Hawkeye tight ends. I went with. Sorry, I totally butchered that. I don't know why it's in my head. He was Missouri, not Iowa. He was with Drew Locke, Missouri, Midwest. You know, he's fucking gold, you know. gold and uh, yellow, yeah. yellow and black. All right. Missouri, uh, where are they? Wild? What the fuck are Missouri? Tigers? Yeah, there you go. Missouri Tigers. Yes. Either way, awesome. So for me, tight end, I went to Mr. Evan Ingram. Going outside the top 18, Doug Peterson's offenses, granted, a total different level of skill, Mm -hmm. but they've run through tight end with Kelsey and Ertz and Goddard. Ingram has been a capable receiver at the NFL level. There's no reason with the supporting cast there, if he is 
even a, a a fraction of his former self, which we we've seen him be fantasy viable, he could get into that top twelve, especially if they he gets a few more scores under his belt this year than we've seen recently. Yeah, hard to argue. I'm here for the Evan Ingram bounce back. You know, one year prove a deal in Jacksonville. You know, little competition with Dan Arnold is the only one that could keep him off the field there. They will throw it. They do. It will run a certain part of this offense through the tight end. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he was miscast during his whole time with that terrible Giants organization. Yeah, yeah so. the team just fucking sucks, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's not his uh, fault. Yeah. Evan That's what I'm going with. Yeah, super athletic, not meant to be an inline guy, movie tight end. Like, I, I like it. All right, so now that I'm getting my bearings back about me uh, as far as what we're actually doing here, vomit straightforward. Just ADP, guys, just just make you make you just a little bit of throw up in your mouth at their ADP. So I'm going to start, and I'm just no disrespect, but I'm just going to go with Matt Ryan at even at 19. I just just I think he's post apex. I don't think they have a ton of pass catchers in that offense. They want to be run first. He brings nothing with his legs. Uh, if Unless we're channel, channeling him back to his Julio Jones and Roddy White days, and you can tell me who the fuck Roddy White is in this Colts offense. I, I'm just a bit perplexed, even that he's a top 20 quarterback. I mean, we were mentioning guys way after him. I think Goff and Davis Mills have more upside than Matt Ryan does. Jameis Winston at 23. 100% more upside. I'm taking Carson Wentz at 25 over Matt Ryan. I just, I think he's going to game manage the shit out of this offense. He'll have a couple good, like 280 yard, two touchdown weeks, but I don't, I don't see him throwing for 300 plus three touchdowns. That's, that's not how they want to play in Indy. So to have him as a top 20 quarterback, little lost on me, Matt Ryan. Trey Lance makes me want to <laughs> fuck, makes me want to fucking puke. 13. <laughs> We've never seen him even do anything. So we're, we're already saying this guy's a fringe QB1 based on what? The one game he played two years ago at fucking North Dakota? Get out of here until you see it. That is insane. And, and, and yeah, I, I get the upside in like dynasty leagues where people are trying to stash him for years. That's his redraft ADP. Get no way, man. Yeah, I mean, everyone's projecting like his rushing, right? And I'm like, well, listen, some of the games he was only brought in to run the ball. So you already can't discount that too. Now that he's the guy, I don't think that they're going to run him. He ran 16 times in week five in the loss to the Cardinals. That, that was forced upon them because Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt and they were trying to win that game. He's not carrying the ball 16 times a week uh, as their starting quarterback. You know, that's not why they re-signed Debo and put rushing incentives in his contract. That's not why then they went and drafted Tyrion Davis-Price, even though they had several running backs on the roster. He's he's probably going to live in like the 8 to 10 carry a game world is where I would expect, you know, maybe in certain you know environments gets to 10 or gets to 12, maybe even 15. I think he might throttle back his rushing a little bit more. He's a little reckless with it as well. Like he's a big boy. He's kind of got a little bit of that Cam Newton to him where he tries to run people over. Just not long for the NFL with that. And I still think he has a little ways to go as a passer, even though he has a ton of weapons in his offense. I love his pass catchers. Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. I mean, you can put that up against any three pass catchers in the NFL, and it'd be comparable. But I'm with you. I, I think he'll get there rushing. But the, to already anoint him is is likely a bit much. So I figure we talk about Trey Lance at some point in this. So <laughs> 
why not wait till the end? All right. So I've already dumped on this guy once, but you know, just dead carcass him at this point in time. And it's David Montgomery is running back 17. Get the fook out of here. It's it's enough already. I'm just, I'm just done with it. I mean, this guy was just volume driven. It just doesn't impress me at all. It never has. I did not like him coming out. You know, I, I didn't like the Franken comp that they gave him, that he was like the amalgamation of every best running back in history. Just fell into a situation where there just hasn't been someone at least as good as him for a few years. And he was fighting with Tariq Cohen. And Tariq Cohen was just an undersized pass catching back. Finally get a Khalil Herbert in there. I hate that the last regime went right back to Montgomery when he got healthy again. Khalil Herbert deserved every opportunity to get touches as much as Montgomery did in that offense. And I'm hoping a new regime gets their head out of their ass and realize that David Montgomery is a best, a 1A to Khalil Herbert's 1B in that offense, but he sure as shit does not deserve to be a top 17 running back at this point in time. I mean, Etienne after him, give me Etienne. Akers, even with the question marks, I'm taking Akers. Elijah Mitchell, all day, twice on Sundays. Fuck, I'd rather take Josh Jacobs in the uncertainty with him in that Raiders offense than David Montgomery in this Bears offense. You mentioned J.K. Dobbins. Give me Antonio Gibson. You're A.J. Dillon. Just, I'm just going to continue to go, just tick down this list of guys that I'm drafting straight up over David Montgomery. Stop placeholdering him as a mid-tier running back, too, because that's just where he finishes on volume the last several years. He's done. He's done. <laughs> you, you mentioned all the names I was going to mention with this guy, and this is my most vomit of everyone, uh, every position. Josh Jacobs, 47th yeah. overall. Running back 20, I, I I just looked real quick where I would probably have in my rankings, probably closer to 100th overall, running back 35. They didn't pick up his, his uh, fifth year. They had him playing into like the late fourth quarter in these preseason games. That fucking guy is done with the Raiders, the, or rather the Raiders are done with him. And just like you said with all those names, Elijah Mitchell, yes. Brees Hall, yes. Dobbins, yes. Gibson, yes. Dylan, yes. CEH, yes. All the running backs behind him, I'm absolutely taking ahead of him, just like you were saying with Montgomery. To me, Jacobs is the most egregiously priced person in all of fantasy football right now. There, there's 0% chance I would have him on my team unless he fell literally twice, twice further down the board than he sh- he's currently ranked. Yeah, I mean, uh, listen, I'm in a Josh Jacobs firefight with a pop gun uh, at this point in time. Like, uh, and there's just one bullet left in the chamber. I mean, it's like, all right, who, who's the last one to get it? <laughs> After that, I'm out. And yeah, I, I don't disagree. I feel like they're going to use him up this year. I didn't understand why they played him in the uh, Hall of Fame game. I didn't understand why they were just running him into the ground in meaningless preseason action. I mean, I'm a Zubinger White guy just like you are, but I don't know that they're just ready to anoint him. They already cut Kenyon Drake. So who are they going to give the ball to? Brandon Bolden? You know, Amir Abdullah? I just still just think they're going to squeeze. They're going to squeeze enough touches out of Brandon, or out of Josh Jacobs. Brandon Jacobs. Fuck. Um, <laughs> that he should be a he, – he, he makes sense in that range. There's still other guys I would take over him as well. I mean, shit, I'm, I'm in team take Chase Edmonds over Josh Jacobs at this point in time, and Chase Edmonds is, what did I say, down at 34? So – it's the huddled masses. After you get through about the top like fifteen names, dealer's choice. Yeah, have at it. All right, bury both of those guys. Moving on. A guy I know you're going to agree with me with Amon Ross St. Brown. No. Wide receiver twenty. 
Yeah, I, yeah, you, you had it probably all lined up, right? You just, you know, you measured him up. He was coming across the middle. You we could shed him together. To, <laughs> you were just about to lay the lumber on the Mamrase Brown, and I came by and just clipped him. He's now okay. So we're we're, we're dealing with some updates here because now he's at wide receiver twenty two. So either I was looking at standard, which wouldn't make sense because it'd be higher in PPR. Now he's getting moved down. So ADP's correcting a little bit. Push him outside of that wide receiver two position because he's gonna fucking blown here. Okay, there was no one, no one in the Detroit Lions offense last year when it was literally like, how many times can Amon Ross St. Brown touch the ball in this game? And we're just going to give them every way. And listen, paint, paint me wrong last year because I was not on Amon Ross St. Brown coming out as a rookie, and I'm still not there. They went and signed DJ Chark. Jameson Williams is going to come back at some point. TJ Hawkinson is healthy at present. Shit, DeAndre Swift is healthy at present, and he's going to catch footballs. You're just not going to get the volume that you need for an Amon Ross St. Brown to even put up a wide receiver to finish. Quentin Sutton's after him. Give me Quentin Sutton. Marquise Brown. Mari Cooper. Darnell Mooney. Take all of them. Allen Robinson. Give me him. Dave, uh, shit. Gabriel Davis. Give me him. Is Adam Thielen healthy at present? Yeah. I, I'll take Adam Thielen over Amon yeah. Ross St. Brown right now. I'm just, I just don't buy it in that offense. They did everything they could to suck away all the value of Amon Ross St. Brown, unless you just believe he's that fucking talented. That he's going to overcome all this headwind. I don't know what to tell you. You're, you're still trying to think he, he can be your wide receiver too on your redraft team? Ah, absolutely. Ah, ah. So. I mean, you're talking about like falling. If he's my like high end wide receiver four on my team, I'm like, okay, cool. I can use him on a bye week in the PPR league. Like he's probably closer to like 36 than he is to 22 for me. Took, took the words right out of my mouth. That was going to be my guy. I'll pivot a little bit here on the fly. Devontae Adams, wide receiver four. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you, you, sir, are not with Aaron Rodgers anymore. <laughs> you have way more competition for targets in Waller and Renfro. Not, not happening. Move to the back of the line, sir. Yeah, four? Yeah. You're paying peak. Peak Devontae Adams prices. No, thank you. Yeah, I don't give a shit what you did with Derek Carr in Fresno State 10 years ago. No, I, I don't care. I don't even know that you hang out in the offseason and, and throw footballs at each other. I don't give a shit. It just doesn't matter. I mean, it's took years and eating, years. Eating Papa John's. <laughs> yeah, right? You know, just plotting you know, for the day when you turn when you turn 30 and you could be the starting wide receiver for him in the NFL again. I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not there either. I just don't think the volume will be there. I don't think the touchdown upside will be there. I still think he's end up gonna he's gonna work his way into a low end wide receiver one finish. They're just I I do believe Derek Carr will not allow that not to happen, but just to put him at four, you know, blindly, I I, I agree with you. I think disgusting. He's he's more around twelve for me, which is a huge fall from four. All right, so I already said that you you took a shot at the guy that I was ready to just eviscerate here, and it's it's very much the same guy. It's uh, Mike Asicki. <laughs> now he's at 12. Now he's, he's officially in the ones. He was 13 when I wrote this, so now he is being listed as one. Mike Asicki can't block. He never could for as big as he is because he's a fucking pass catcher. That's it. He's a move tight end. So you're trying to pull him in line because that's what this offense requires for the tight end to be on the field. That's why George Kittle could never really be the tight end one in fantasy. It's because he's too good of a blocker, and that's what this offense wants. They want to be run-based. That's the extra lineman that gets these breaks open, these wide-running lanes on the wide zone type shit, and the Gasicki can't do it. So unless they're going to use bring another tight end in and then use Gasicki as the slot, he's, he's going to be off the field half the time. I mean, if they had a decent blocking tight end, they probably wouldn't even have franchised Gasicki and given him $10 million. 
I really just think it was like shit. Like, okay, well, we got the money, and you know, this guy was pretty decent at catching passes. Well, it was also was just him and Waddle. That was it. Now you're adding Tyreek Hill. Now you're adding Chase Edmonds in, in the run game as a pass catching option as well. Gasicki is just oh, he could be fantasy irrelevant a year from now. He ends up on another team. It would have to be ideal. Like get him into a true move tight end scenario and his value could skyrocket. If not, I mean, he's just an incomplete tight end and he just makes zero sense in this Miami Dolphins attack. So uh, I'm there too. Like I'm, I'm taking Komet over him. I'm taking fan over him. I'm taking a Joku over him. I'm taking Albert O over him. I mean, he, I think he's probably a low end tight end too. When it all shakes out for me, if I'm doing my rankings. Uh, for me, I went with multiple tight ends just because of my draft strategy going into it. They almost all make me sick. But Kelsey, 13th overall, you're taking a tight end well into his 30s to, at the 1-2 turn. No, thank you. Pitts at 32. Get the fuck out of here. Kittle at 38. No way. You can, you're grabbing a tight end there when you have T. Higgins, uh, Michael Pittman, McLaurin, Akers, Waddle, DJ Moore, Brandon Cooks, Dobbins. Those guys are all still on the board while you're loading up on these fucking tight ends, all of which Kelsey's never missed time. That's going to end eventually. Kittle always misses games. Pitts is going to be the focus of opposing defenses. And you, there's tons of tight end value later. So when you're wasting these early picks on tight ends, it makes me fucking want to puke. I'm, I'm with you there. And let me just let me just throw a, the post bye week Jason Kelsey stat lines at you. Travis Kelsey. Jason, Travis. I love Jason Kelsey. <laughs> let, me, let me go to the other Kelsey. Okay. All right. So they had a bye in week 12, right? Week 13, he had three catches for 27 yards versus Denver. Week 14, three catches for 27 yards versus the Raiders. Week 15 against the Chargers, he beats the shit out of the Chargers every time he plays them, right? So let's take this one with Green Salt. 10 for 191 and two. Boom. You're like, there it is. I'm back, right? He doesn't play the next week. Sits out week 16. Okay? So, boom. Give you a huge week 15. Week 16, face buff. Doesn't even play football. Week 17, 5 for 25 with a touchdown. Week 18, 4 for 34 and a touchdown. So, oh, great. Finish strong with touchdowns. He had four of five, four of his last six games where he had 34 or less receiving yards. One massive game and missed a game in there. And just for that whole Chargers narrative, in week three, he beat them up for seven for 104 as well. So he just, I mean, okay, DFS, Chargers, start him. That finish at the end, I mean, even with the touchdowns, I mean, five for 25 and a touchdown of 7.5, 13.5 for there. Okay. Seven, four, 13.4. Okay. Decent. Probably like a mid tight end one finish for those weeks. So unless he's playing the Chargers every week this year, I'm right there with you. It's like, it's a little frightening. He's, he's posted, I mean, you just, know, a backseat on a tight end and you're taking using a premium pick on him. You're assuming that he's going to be the <laughs> six catch 80 yards every single week with touchdowns. Most weeks. That's what you need from pick 13. It can't be three for 27 in back-to-back weeks. That just buries you when you're you trying to get a position a advantage. Do a mock and see what your team looks like when you take one of these guys early and when you don't and fill your running back and wide receiver with actual good players there. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do not disagree. I'm, I'm not taking Kelsey even at a tight end premium at the turn, at the one-two turn. I'm just not doing it. I mean, there's just other guys. You know, you can there's just, just – Miss me on that again. Yeah. yeah. Look at all the other names that we said. I mean, that's why you want the advantage, but 
to your point, I mean, it's what's Pitts going to do with a Mariota Ritter combination? At least he had Matt Ryan, you know, in, in his year. I Mark Andrews still the best of the bunch to me, and he was better without Lamar Jackson last year than, than he was with him. And now they want to be run based, so they're going to suck targets out of that offense. I already said Waller, I have issues concerns with him. So that's and Kittle just again. He's a blocker first, pass catcher second, and now you're now you have a Trey Lance situation. So there's tremendous concern with every one of those top five guys and being able to return value and even produce what they did last year. So yeah, let's get down that list and let's start picking those guys in the twelve to like eighteen range. That's yep. where you want to live with the tight end guys. You're going to draft in the double digits that could produce week in and week out close to what those top five guys could do. Just piecemeal together, draft two of those guys, play your matchups. Enjoy fantasy success. So, all right, that, that should do it for us. Season's about to kick off. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out. We got some new things on the horizon for this season, uh, in season. But for myself, John DeBarry, my co host, Mr. Matt Walker, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. Okay. No time for nonsense. Ready? Not this morning. We'll do that in the afternoon. What the fuck is wrong with this fucking... Okay. Yeah, that's a double fuck. (laughs) We got an outtake. (laughs) Yay.